Ahoy there, matey. Welcome aboard the world of boating. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. You're going to need a bigger boat. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. I was just looking in to buy the boat of my own. Call World of Boating toll-free now at 1-888-28-BOAT. That's 1-888-828-BOAT. And welcome. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate. That's me, along with Captain Patrick and Barry Boater, rounding out the crew today as we navigate the latest boating news and information. So, a uh, lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff to cover. So, I should, uh, I think we should get right to it. What do you say there, uh, Patrick? What? No, no moment of Mog to moment start of the show? Yeah, what is uh, Mog? Uh, moment of Greg? Moment yeah. of Greg. I mean, at the, the first, we always we always just, I don't have anything for the beginning of the show because the first 15 minutes is all about you. With, I thought that was a long-standing studio thing. I'm in a giving mood today, and I figured I'd just like hand it off. Well, what are we going to do for the last 15 minutes of the show if I start with the stuff that I, got this I planned song, on 20 past the hour? I have this song and dance routine that I can break out in a, in a pinch. So. Which works great on radio. Yeah. Better kill the video. Yeah. Okay. We'll see about that. We are on Facebook Live uh, if you want to join us, by the way. Uh, but go ahead. What do we got? Oh, well, since we have Barry with us. Uh-oh. Barry the um, boater. We've got some new economic reports about the boating industry. Um, Good? So, well, Indifferent? Kind of a mixed bag, I think. Um, the first one is dealer site growing sales, but long-term concerns. Mm-hmm. Now, that's pretty much like a broken record at this point, isn't it? Yeah, but here's the problem, uh, if you will. Um, not going to get political, but the trade war and the tariffs are having an impact. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Um, that That's a given. The other part of this is new boat prices are continuing to climb. Um, Interest rates are also climbing. So the fear is that despite a robust economy, that the boating industry is starting to actually price more people out of the market. Okay. And that's bad. So that's long term future stuff. Like, well, no, what, that's a concern. A that's year? a con- that's a concern now. Well, it's a concern, but they wouldn't expect that to take uh, no, it's hold a con- until no. six months. No, it's a concern a now. From- rising. Well, it's a concern, but it wouldn't take effect. No, rising interest rates are happening now. It bro- and, and it takes a while to get boat production, you know, rolling along. You can't just start them up overnight. Boat. Well, that's true. And by the time that boat manufacturers start to get up catch up with the backlog of orders uh, sometimes customers start to look elsewhere and one of the problems within the manufacturing industry especially for boats which is a hand-built part and if you've gone to a dealership and you've ordered a boat from a manufacturer that boat however you have optioned it is going to be built for you so it, it is, for all intents and purposes, I mean, it's a personal, custom-built item, if you will. And manufacturers want a backlog. They need a backlog of orders. Sure. But 
They need a manageable backlog. They don't need a backlog of such that, again, if a customer comes in and they're being told that it's going to be six months or eight months before they can take delivery, they may look to another manufacturer or they may look to a pre-owned boat. So it is a concern now as we are now officially in the 2019 model year. The big boat shows are coming up in the next several months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last weekend we had the Tampa Bay Boat Show, we had the Atlantic City Inwater Show. Um, the Atlantic City Inwater kind of being the last hurrah before winter sets in. Then you got Lauderdale, we'll have Miami, New York, and then you're at the end of the 2019 production year. So it's kind of weird that. If you think about it, the three big boat shows, if you will, uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and New York, kind of take place in the middle of the production run. Okay. but, well, but they're, getting, is they're getting people excited for yeah. the summer. Well, they are, but they, they're also trying to move inventory that they've got and fill out orders through the rest of the model year. And then, of course, pre-order for the 2019, or in this case, it would be for the 2020 model year. And the savvy boat buyer, if they're aware of this, they may decide to wait to see what kind of what's left over and what the dealer really has to move, knowing that new models are going to be coming out, knowing that the manufacturers are going to be pushing them to order, or be savvy enough to do the research and find out if there are any new models coming out from maybe their favorite manufacturer or manufacturers um, or what new options may be coming out that will be on boats. So in other words, they don't want to buy a 2018 in the middle of the production year when just four or five months later, there's going to be a bigger, better, sleeker, newer, faster um, equivalent. But with rising interest rates and the continuing climb of because raw materials are continuing to climb, labor is continuing to cost more. I mean, you can't keep these things down forever. Transportation of the product to the dealer, all these things are are playing into this. And through the supply chain, Greg, these parts that the manufacturers rely on that come from overseas, Mm -hmm. maybe China uh, is resulting in an increase to the price of boats and manufacturers. And I've been saying this for quite a number of years, as you're well know, sometimes I've been screaming it. Manufacturers are overlooking a larger segment of the population, which is, uh, I'll term it, the blue collar slash white collar um, potential boater that doesn't make enough money to afford even an entry level forty or fifty thousand dollar boat. And nobody is really making that that small I don't even want to say smaller. I am gonna say in the in the seventeen to night seventeen to twenty foot range, a boat like that that it can be stripped down be kind of dumb. It doesn't doesn't have touch screen. You know, it doesn't have. It's not a surf like boat. Like Barry the boater's it, boat. Well, he has a dumb boat. Yeah, but Barry, no, it's but, not dumb. But, it's got all my technology in there. But Barry's boat is kind of a use specific, if you will. Okay, 
Uh, I'm talking about a boat, kind of more of a bow rider. Um, you know, you've got uh, some cockpit seating, comfortable, some bow seating. You've got a decent-sized engine. In this, in this instance, going outboard is actually going to be pricier than going inboard-outboard. But, um, you know, that stalwart entry-level um, marine engine, that three-liter, um, went away quite a number of years ago. So, you know, your entry-level engine really becomes, as far as an I.O., is, is, a, is a V6. And that drives up the cost as well. So, yeah, but those, those small boats really—I I don't care for it when they're inboard outboard because it takes up so much cabin room. That's why I prefer a uh, outboard to those on those small boats. Well, I understand that, but the, the for the for the person who's looking to getting into boating the first time and they don't ha- and they're on a budget, okay, um, and they can't afford again that forty or fifty thousand dollar entry level boat. So they're looking for they want a new boat, but they want to spend. 25,000, maybe 30,000 to go outboard. The cost of outboards on a new boat is greater than the IO. Now, over long term, when you start looking at the servicing of, they're going to eventually equal out and probably outboard will surpass the IO um, as far as uh, serviceability and maintenance, you know, things that you have to do. Um, that wind up costing you a lot of money, like an I.O., pulling the drive every year, checking the engine alignment, inspecting the bellows hoses, uh, greasing the uh, universal, the yoke shaft, um, draining the gear. Well, you drain the gear lube on an outboard anyway. Uh, you pull the prop, grease the prop shaft on an outboard in an I.O. But that pulling of the drive uh, segment, you know, part of that, where the boat's got to be out of the water, it's kind of special tools, and where on an outboard, you don't have to do that part of it. You know, you're doing your you're draining your gear lube, pulling your prop, greasing your prop shaft, um, oil change, oil filter, fuel filter, and you're you're good to go. Right. So the outboards though are pricier than the IOs, and that's one thing that does keep some people in the IOs. And depending on uh, what they're intending to do with the boat, if they want something that they can. Uh, ski or wakeboard behind outboard certainly you can do it with it but uh, boats of that nature are kind of set up with special tabs and things like that maybe they want the full platform but they better get to it they better buy now and save before the prices and interest rates go up wrong no that's not i thought i heard everything all right we'll find out what more he needs to add next on the world of boating You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight training professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. 
a state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons flight training professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Even Keatley wasn't ready for me or anything that followed. Chased by a police department, led by his ex-girlfriend, and hunted by brain-fork-wielding Fijian assassins, it's everything he can do to keep from getting locked up, killed, or worse. Kava Screw is available as an ebook for $2.99 at Amazon.com. Kava Screw. Put a brain fork in him. He's done. You have successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating. I do like the one. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. The sun, the sea air, good friends. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Who are you? Uh, we're from the... Uh state mental institution uh we chartered the boat we're going to go fishing and uh that's all there is to it but i won't cry myself asleep my soul no longer weeps but my body lies in the heart of the sea this is the world of boating greg your first mate captain patrick buried a boat around and out the crew today all right, so I thought I had the whole synopsis of what uh, Patrick led off with, which was basically, you know, look, uh, things are great right now. The economy's on fire, but uh, there's some concerns because interest rates are going up. There could be some tariff issues for manufacturing. Not there could be. Uh, there is. Well, the, and, and what you're seeing is... Well, that, that will affect the price of the boat, so you better has. buy now. And what It'll affect the price of outboards, especially, because they're all aluminum. And and it's affecting that's that f- the fastest-growing segment of boating, which has been aluminum boats. Okay. You know, especially pontoons. Right. So buy now and look at it as an investment. Yeah, but the bo- value bo- of your boat is Boats are already up. priced out of the range of a lot of people. That's... And what... The core, my core argument, if you will, Greg, is that manufacturers, they are overlooking a larger segment of the population that would like to go boating and they're not building a boat for them. Bayliner tried with the element, but honestly, I, I can't say that that's been a, a success. Boston Whaler just unveiled two smaller outboard powered boats but they are insanely expensive because it says boston whaler on the side and nothing against that boston whaler builds a, a, a heck of a boat but too the, much profit margin now 
Uh, Barry, working for whom I work for, I can tell you that ain't the case either. Um, well, then there's got to be some way to cut the cost. Where yeah. do you cut them? There well, has to be somebody who comes into the market and uh, fills that hole. The, 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 it's there. the two biggest variables that, that manufacturing really can't control or, or affects their ability to be profitable, let me say that, is the cost of raw materials because that, that can fluctuate. And that's always a constant negotiation, whether it's the cost of composite materials, it's the cost of resin, it's the cost of gel coat. That's always going to be in flux. The labor, the cost of labor, is in flux too. And even though you may have your labor rates set, you know, your hourly wages, the fact of the matter is manufacturing from one boat to another, the labor hours can vary. As hard as manufacturers try to streamline production, and make it to where it's it's easier and simpler to build while increasing efficiency and increasing the quality overall, you still get variances. So you could have two of the same model boat back-to-back coming off the assembly line, and boat number one took 120 hours, labor hours, to build, and boat number two took 145. Maybe there were issues in the mold. Maybe there were issues... Once out of the mold with the gel coat. Maybe there's issues with the mold in the walls of the... No, wait, that's no. a different problem. Per- perhaps perhaps so uh, what technology ha- can s- step in and do some of the work that might have been done by hand. For example, cutting out the uh, forms and pieces automatically using some kind of a laser-guided uh, cutting tool. The robots! Uh, the robots could do it. Well, here's what well, happened. In, in manufacturing... Uh, the uh, company that I work for, they use a very large computerized router to cut all of the composite uh, materials that are used in the boats. So they're exact. All the holes are drilled for the for the uh, where the brackets are going to be mounted for drainage. All er- everything is done on this particular unit. We have another unit that does the same thing with all the vinyl material or the seagrass, so it all gets cut exact. But you can't do it when we're coming down to, say, cutting out the uh, transom uh, cutout or cutting out the through holes or uh, the holes for the horn or for the uh, docking lights because that's all done with splashes, which, again, streamlines and increases the efficiency so there, it's, there's an exactness that occurs. What I'm saying is once it gets onto the production line, if your labor varies the, the manufacturer doesn't get to ca- pass that cost on to the dealer, okay? Right. The price is set on these boats. So the manufacturer, and this goes towards them being able to be profitable, the manufacturer winds up having to eat that overage because they don't get to pass it on just because one boat cost, whether it took an hour longer or it took 10 hours longer than the previous boat, they don't get to pass that cost on to the dealer or the consumer, so that's why there's such a push on in the manufacturing end, again, to streamline, but using, uh, let's say, so far as designing robotics and stuff to, to, to be used in an industry, you, would have, it, you wouldn't break even on that technology, just the size of the financial investment. It would be 25 years 
before you you were profitable again. And by then, the the thing is, cars are constant or boats are constantly changing, hulls are constantly changing, and coming out of one production plant, you may have five different models. Out of another production plant, you may have eight. Out of another production plant, you may have ten, and they could range in size in one building from. 32 feet all the way up to 53. So space becomes a consideration as well. Where do we install all this stuff? How do we run it? Um, so basically, you're saying we're all screwed. No. no what I'm, so, what no, I'm getting back to is... Well, please get to it. <laughs> there is how, a market. How about trimming the production line to a basic set of boats that can be slightly modified to meet the user's need? they already do that because when you go in if you go to any boat manufacturer any boat dealership and you're looking at a new boat chances are gel coat color gel coat color scheme uh interior uh your cockpit fabric uh what color options you want uh what kind of dash layout you want um, engine options, and then you know, I want fresh water wash down. I want uh, pressure water package. I, you know, all these different things that you uh, anchor, windless package, spotlight, bow thruster, um, trim tabs. All those stuffs are all those things are added on. What I'm saying is, manufacturers as a whole have they failed to look at a segment of the population that would love to get into boating, but it is far too expensive, even at the prices that it is now. And used boats are at a premium, especially good, well-cared-for, pre-owned product is gone. It's scarce. I I know someone who might uh, fit that uh, category quite well. He might be a member of the World of Boating crew today. What do you think, Barry the Boater? Uh, it's possible. It's possible, see? We'll explain next. Stay close. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Barry the Boater. All right, so as far as finding a quality-used vessel, especially on the low-end side, um, Barry the Boater has been flirting with uh, the idea of uh, doing just that, Um, having the second most happiest day of his life, the first day being the day he bought, bought his boat, and we helped him with that, and there's a chance we may be helping him when he actually sells his boat. Is that the case, Barry, or what? Well, yeah, but it wouldn't be that I would be happy selling it. Well, if it's uh, if you're getting a ton of money for it. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's worth a lot of money right don't now. Don't do it. The market, uh, the demand so hold for quality-used boats like that. Don't are, do it. I think he's saying hold on to it and let it appreciate in value. I'm saying that the day after you sell it, you're going to regret it. And then when you go to replace it, it's going to cost you three times as much money, and you're going to be three times as sad. That's what my children say. 
They say, you, Dad, don't do it. It's, oh. it's, it's paid for. The only thing it costs you is your tag. Uh, space in the garage because he has a garage. Yeah, but that's okay. It is a- okay. And we don't live with them. We don't care. And your maintenance, which you've got down to an art form. He does. He does. I mean, actually, performance art. You could go. You could charge admission, Barry. <laughs> okay. So yeah. both for your trailer and your boat. I mean, you've got this down. It's. It, why would you? I mean, there's a reason why I still have my 2000 Ford F-150. It's paid for. I can do all the maintenance myself. Um, it's not of an era like right now where you, you it sets an engine code and you're kind of you're you're heading to the dealership. I can do everything on this truck myself. Parts are readily available if I need them, and they're fairly low cost. All to, those memories of to, things you've done in the on the, in the truck bed to you know. to replace it would cost. Forty five, fifty, fifty thousand dollars. Right, so, and you need a computer to fix it. Yeah. So why why do it? I mean, you've got a great boat that you enjoy, and you've got a boat that Greg enjoys. Exactly. When I come uh-huh. down and go lobster diving with him off of it. So I don't, don't want forget. him to sell it, but hey, it's his boat. He's got to make up his mind. More coming up. Stay close to the world of boating. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. We have a situation. I broke the bathroom. How the heck did you manage to do that? We ran out of TP, so I had to use my shirt. Ew. Ew. Well, long story short, turns out that pipes on the boat are not BVT compatible. It can handle tidal waves that the stories talk about. And it can weather any storm. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick Barry, the boater. Hey, what Make, song was that? Uh, that was a song about boats and going out and stuff. Well, I know that, but yeah. it sounded pretty cool. Well, of course it is. It's the World of Boating. We only we only do the best. Uh, but do I know the name of the song off the top of my head? Of course not. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so, can can uh, we run an online poll? Like, what, what can, can Bar- we, wait, wait, wait. Can we the go question? To, can, it will be. Uh, I know we will. We will have to do this. Will Barry still be called Barry the Boater if he actually sells his boat? No, it'll be Barry the Floater because he'll just <laughs> no. he'll, he'll just be floating in the surf. Can we have an online poll seriously? Where when we do the rejoin music, you can say this music, this rejoin music brought to you by Greg, and this rejoin music brought to you by Captain Patrick, and then. We can set up a poll online or on the World of Boating Facebook page where our listeners can then vote as to who has the best rejoin music choices. Absolutely. Thank you. Not. I'm not going to waste our resources on nonsense How, like that. I, I, no, Greg doesn't want to lose. That's the problem. Yeah, I know that. I never would. Come on. Anyway, fix it. Yeah. this round, it's Greg's well, by good the way, ship lollipop that, that versus song. Captain Patrick's shipping up to Boston. Yeah, but that song we just played... Was uh, not from me. Right. I and know. Barry loved it. No, so he there, didn't. He didn't say he loved it. He did. He asked you what it was so he knows how to avoid it. No, that is not the case. Barry, you liked that song, didn't you? 
It was interesting. Yeah, see? I wanted to find out. I liked the uh, the harmony in there. Yeah, see? That's what, and that's what we were going for. Yeah. I'm I know set Greg the mood. didn't sing it, so. Yeah. They set the mood, all right. Oh, wait. The show's young. We, yeah. we got more coming up. Here, here you know, a cu- couple things sing. to throw at you, Barry. Um, you've been an accountant for how long? Oh, over 30 years. Okay. Tired of it yet? An eternity. <laughs> I was tired at 20. Okay. I mean, is it something that, uh, serious? I mean, you could do almost on a part-time basis? Well, it is pretty much part-time now, but I still go to the office every day in okay. case something comes up. Then, since you're already occasionally taking Greg out, why wouldn't you pursue going and getting your OUPV and then using your boat as a business. Do you need a shot if you get OUPV? I was going to say, I think it is the season for it. <sighs> your six-pack license. Oh. You're, you're just going to get your captain's license, your OU operator-run inspected passenger vessel, and then just use it, Do do whether you're taking people out to go diving or you're taking them out to, to go fishing for the day. I mean, you've got a nice boat. Uh, you know how to maintenance everything on it. And, you know, two days a week, you know, you're out doing that. Three days a week, you're in the office, and that way it's getting used, and you're getting out on the water, and uh, you yeah. don't feel like it's such a waste. He starts a new business. Boating with Barry. That, that's an idea. Then I can start charging Greg when I take him out. Oh, Absolutely. I love this idea until you said that part. Now, tying into that, there was another, because I know how much Greg loves stories about economic impacts and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Uh New report so exciting. Hi- new report highlights recreational fishing's broad economic impact. So if you were to guess how much in retail sales money is spent, Greg, any idea? What? Uh, nationwide and, and, in the US or yeah, where? And I w- in the in the US, in America, and I will give you I'll give you a hint, and this is my only hint. It will be in the billions yeah. of dollars. Well, I've heard before. I've heard figures that just in South Florida alone, the boating industry is a $2 billion industry. No, we're talking about fishing. I know. That's what I'm saying. And fishing's huge. Okay. A big part of that. So? Uh, if not even bigger. Come on. Because that's the activity. So we're talking the entire U.S., though? Yes. Uh, I'm going to say $30 billion. Barry? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Come on, take a guess. He's at 30. I'll say 31. Oh, billion. yeah. I knew oh, you were going to do wins. that. He's been watching uh, The Price is Right, you bastard. Nicely done. 49 Come point, on down. 49.8 billion. Okay. Well, see, I was on the right track. Now, wait, you get another chance, Greg. Yeah. What is the total economic impact of fishing? So that's the jobs it supports, retail sales, the extraneous uh, offshoots of actual yes, fishing yes. activities and things. Yeah, well, with it, fish, it's usually at least three or four times that much. Give me a number. Well, three or four times that'd be a hundred million or a hundred billion. I mean, we'll go about that. Barry, <laughs> I'll say ninety billion. Oh, Barry, you should have gone higher. Uh-huh. Uh, one hundred twenty-five billion. Yes, in your face, Ooh. losers. So. Sport fishing, uh, recreational fishing, supports more than eight hundred thousand jobs and generates thirty-eight billion in wages and sixteen billion in federal, state, and local taxes. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. Uh, that is not to mention anglers are some of the most ardent 
conservationists out there. Right. So you they know, have a they have a problem with length, though. What? Yeah, they have a tendency to exaggerate. Oh, okay. Their catch size. Yeah, it could be a guy thing too. I don't know, but I don't want to discriminate against the female fishermen or fisherwomen. But you know what I'm saying, baby. Yeah. Go so, um, so, so this is a good thing, or it, I mean, it is an excellent thing, but it highlights the the economic power. Uh, again, not only of the part of the boating industry, but of course the fishing industry as well whether you're fishing from a dock a pier the lake shore you're fishing from a boat um, a kayak uh, sport fisher you know what have you um, the impact is huge and far-reaching um, which is why it's it's even more important that the steps are taken to protect and preserve the environment as a whole not just the the, the fisheries and you know uh, adhering to the uh the the seasons of certain species of fish when you're able to catch but making sure the environments that they live in uh stay unaffected as well yes i agree even though they are also the first ones to get blamed for you know depleted fishing stocks and things like that like there's too much fishing going on or we need to limit the season more or that kind of stuff well when you have too many people you know with all their hands and they're trying to catch these fish then there tends to be an over uh too many fish pulled out well there's a limit that you can have for anyone that's fishing well i agree i i agree with you but what i'm saying is that also the fishermen are on the front line and they see it more directly than other folks that might be trying to legislate from the sidelines. And that's where you start to get into uh, problems uh, legislatively, you know, and stuff like that. And that's why they have such a huge fishing lobby, like in uh, the state of Florida and the U.S., for that matter. And they're involved. They have to be involved in how they are regulated, you know, so they're not over-regulated to the point that you're taken away from the activity and that economic impact it's a balancing act yeah but i would, they, but I they would, take a lot of heat because of that just uh you know p- position i would say it's one of those areas and you, it, that i would say is probably overregulated because of the different agencies that are involved both state and federal it, it, it gets to be a mishmash and why can't i just go out and fish i guess it depends on whether you're in state waters or federal waters is that what you're talking about yeah, no, not really. Well, I mean, it, it goes for both. Yeah, but uh, but but you do have uh, some serious conflicts sometimes because sometimes they are they're they're blamed for you know this problem that problem and it may or may not be the real cause of the issue and there could be other you know it's all environmental side versus economic benefit. Mm-hmm. See, I think that I think for the average person who just wants to go out and maybe catch a couple fish for dinner, I, I you know just go fish now if you're out there as a commercial harvester yeah that's a problem you know but again for the the regular guy the non-commercial fisherman hey, i just want to go out and catch a couple fish why can't i just say yeah redfish is out of season so what you know i caught one uh, it's not that simple uh, but uh, i mean but you know that's the classic argument you know, yeah. it's uh, like who who's to blame for that kind of thing? You bring up redfish as a perfect example. They just opened it up what this last year yeah. in Florida. So, well, because the the stocks came back up. 
Well, big and, and why did they t- drop down? Well, you talked to some of the well, recreational the fishermen. Question, the question is, when did they, they drop down? Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. The recreational fishermen uh, were saying, "Hey, look, there's plenty of redfish yep. still." You know, so it's like, who do you believe? You know, the people that say they've done a study and they're monitoring fishing stocks and saying they've torpedoed. Uh, and and then you have other groups, user groups like the fishermen lobby saying, well, wait a minute, they didn't do their research properly. And they're using, you know, anecdotal stuff that's not ac- anecdotal. You know, a classic. Not uh, anecdotal. Argument. Yeah, one of those. We'll take either one. All right, we're coming up on the World of Boating. Stay close. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Even Keatley wasn't ready for me, or anything that followed. Chased by a police department, led by his ex-girlfriend, and hunted by brain-fork-wielding Fijian assassins, it's everything he can do to keep from getting locked up, killed, or worse. Kava Screw is available as an ebook for $2.99 at Amazon.com. Have a screw. Put a brain fork in him. He's done. Hosting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy, and this is why we've added Nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. Underwater photographers listen up from their high-impact NK resin to their exclusive power claw latches, Nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear. Plus, Nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market. The company has been around for over 15 years, but it's new to the U.S., so we've made a small number of Nanook cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Go there now and check out Nanook, the evolution of protection. Traffic sucks, unless you're scuba diving with Mike Scott. Mike glanced down at his dive computer. It showed less than 50 PSI left in his tank. Probably just a few more breaths. Or riding shotgun in a thrilling car chase. One bullet hit the Jeep's windshield, spiderwebbing the passenger side. Mike shifted into second gear and felt the Jeep leap forward. This just got serious. Escape your commute with audiobooks from author Eric Douglas. Download to your phone. Go to booksbyeric.com or audible.com. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast i am the captain of this party i'm captain jack i'm captain of the ship ah! i'm also captain of anyone who sets foot on the ship hi welcome aboard in an office when you are ranking people manager is higher than captain. On a boat, who knows? It's nebulous. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick Barrett, a boater. Uh, we'll find you if you hide, so don't bother. 
Uh, if you're a stowaway on our virtual cruise through the latest boating news and information, I'm telling you, uh, it's it's like, you know, Barry the Boater's kind of like a, he's like a hound dog. He'll sniff you out. He'll find you. And uh, he'll he'll put you to work or something, make you clean the bilge or clean the heads, which is usually something I'm, um, you know, uh, given is is a duty of, of my uh, first mate status. But, you know, I never bother. Yeah, well. No pun intended, given the duty of. Yeah, just is just moving on. We're going to finish up our trifecta on uh, fishing. Okay. With a uh, fisherman on the Saginaw River that wishes he probably could have run and hid. Yeah. Yeah. Why? What happened? What did he do? Two fishermen on the Saginaw River rescued a fellow angler after spotting him clinging to his wrecked pontoon boat. Okay. One big thing was missing. Hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Let me think about this. Yeah, don't. He's floating. Okay. He's clinging to his wrecked pontoon boat. Right. One major thing was missing. What, the pontoon? His clothing. Oh. Ooh. Okay. And that happened why? About 8 a.m., Bay County Central Dispatch received a call from the fisherman, having spotted a man holding on to the side of a pontoon boat in a stretch of the river in Portsmouth Township. The fisherman pulled the man from the water, at which point they realized he had no clothes on. Hello! Now... You may be asking yourselves, selves, how did he get to this particular condition? Hmm. Well, I, I wasn't asking that. I'd, you know, I'd prefer him not be in that condition. But the sheriff said rumors. That's 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 what we're going on. No official police report. Yeah. The sheriff said rumors. The man was in the river for two days are untrue. Rather, it appears the man had launched his boat onto the river from Bangor Township Dock. The previous night to go fishing between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m., his boat had apparently struck something in the water, possibly a buoy or a submerged tree, causing the craft to partially sink. He swam to shore on the west side of the river, where he stupidly took off his clothes and either burned or tried to burn them to stay warm. That (laughs) doesn't work out really well. You want to know why? Hmm. Because your clothes are wet. Well, there's that. <laughs> there's no trees. There's no brush. There's nothing you could burn. Apparently out. not. Apparently it is like uh, the the scenery from Mad Max in Bangor Township. It is devoid of all life. And there is nothing to burn other than your wet clothing. Hmm. Um, so how did they determine that he'd been in the water for two days? Well, he wasn't. Okay, because they looked down. Yeah, that's what, no, that's, that's maybe an hour or two right. of shrinkage. There's no two days so, of shrinkage going on there. Bear, bearing in mind that he's not able to light his soaking wet clothes on fire, mm-hmm. he then, instead of putting them back on, decides to swim out to his boat naked um, and hold on to it, hoping that somebody would rescue him. I've always heard, I've never experienced it firsthand, but you don't want to remove your clothing because that will help retain any body heat that you may have. That's right. It works like a wetsuit. Hmm. Okay. But you you lose that uh, 
that that moment, you know, when you're rescued and you come up out of the water and you go, "Hello, I'm here," and then they push you back in the water. But still, there's that moment of you know, happen to you often, does it, Greg? Well, hey, if he got it, you know, now flaunt it. If he had had this following story, he wouldn't have needed to uh, put his clothes, try to light his clothes on fire, because he would have kept himself warm by going to the World of Boating Facebook page or worldofboating.com and looking at the pictures. No, no, God, no. Of. Oh. Bikini goddess. Oh, wait a minute. Hello. Bikini goddess Daphne Joy, who apparently uh, was nice enough to have some pictures taken of her. While sitting on a yacht. No, I and see. for that, she, we she, thank her. She followed our advice and kept her clothes on. What little there is of them. <laughs> That's not really considered much clothing. Well, I was going to say. That's all right. That's all right. God bless her. Yes, indeed. Mm. So the point of those pictures are, is what? It, uh, it It's... There doesn't need to be one. Not, is what you're saying. Why? Why do you question these I'm things, I'm not Greg? questioning. I'm just... Yes, you do. I'm pointing out the obvious. Why? It's a beautiful yacht. Yeah, there's that, a yacht. That's a really nice bow rail oh. that she's sitting on. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's very, there, very, huh? very nicely polished. Okay. It's a lot of aluminum. It may be expensive. Right. It may be. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, but we don't. Just for the record, we don't have a picture of the guy who was rescued naked. No, we we do not. And you are you, you are you, welcome. You have a long-standing order that the World of Boating News team of one and two are not to post. There are pictures of Barry DeBoder, uh, Captain Patrick, and myself. So, yes, consider us your man candy. But we are fully clothed. Uh, except for Thank you. Thank God. By request, we uh-huh. are. Yes. All right. And on that disturbing note, we'll wrap it up. Till next week, remember whether it is sail or motor, life is life better. Is better as, as a, a boater. boater. Safe boating, everyone. Don't touch the boat. World of Boating is brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Any of this getting through to you, son? World of Boating is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Computer standing by. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at (gasps) worldofboating.com. Computers can do that? So tell a friend and come aboard every week for the World of Boating. This is so great. I can't wait. I'm getting goosebumps. Feel me. Feel me. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. TTFN, ta-ta for now. The opinions you just heard on the world of boating are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. What are you being such a weenie for? While on the water, your safety and the safety of many others depends on you. So boat smart and operate your vessel only after receiving the proper training and instruction for your area. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at worldofboating.com.